The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Do not attempt to adjust your internet. This is the Comic Book Chronicles. What's up, everybody? Hold on, I don't have the right sound. Uh, the sounds up. Look at that. Look at that. I am your host, Radicat, even though you can't see my face right now. If you're watching the video version, that's fine. Nobody wants to. Uh, but I am Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Notes Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? I had another one for you, which I think you have already, but I forgot to pull up my sound effects for it, so it's fine. Later on. Uh, but yes, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, you can find, which you can find at the Cold Slither Podcast Network that's CSPN.us Do it today! You could also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure uh, to hit like and subscribe and leave the five-star reviews. Yeah, all of that. Um, you know what? I'll save the uh, the live stuff for later on. And so we can just go ahead and get into Mellow. What does? Oh. Um, we can go ahead and get into the books of the week, starting off with Miss Marvel uh, Beyond the Limit number four. Ms. Marvel Beyond the Limit number four <clears throat> is written by Samir Ahmed with art by Andre Genole and color art by Triona Farrell or Farrell and letters by, of course, our very own lettering Python VCs Joe Caramagna. <laughs> so this is the penultimate issue, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. and we get one piece of information that we did not get, uh, that we haven't fully gotten. And that is the backstory on how this other, um, I don't want to say fake Miss Marvel, but this other Miss <clears throat> Marvel comes into, uh, our universe and why she has a beef out on our Kamala. <clears throat> right. So we pretty much get that backstory. And as I was telling, um, age of 70, uh, before the show, uh, if you look closely in one panel, you can see a kind of familiar looking uh, set of bracelets that um, that um, an alternate version of Ms. Marvel is wearing uh, in that flashback, which kind of looks like the 
slightly almost like the bracelets of um uh from the ones from the the recent Miss Marvel trailer but more closely a kind of truncated uh set of bands from another Marvel character uh right that they may be pattering her her MCU powers off of right and that's definitely uh uh, uh where it seems like they're going mm-hmm. uh you know kind of because because if if you think about it that that particular Marvel comic book hero has the parallel ability with energy that Miss mm-hmm. Marvel does with her embiggening powers to a certain extent, you know? Yes. Like stretching, creating elongated shapes. So... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that they would try to adapt Kamala Khan into kind of a hybrid of the two characters. Yep. Um, and being that we don't have one more issue of this, and I'm not sure if we're getting any other Miss Marvel books before um, the the show happens in a couple of months. This would probably be the place where they would, if they intend to do that. We're not we're not suggesting that they're exactly doing that. But right. given that they they've kind of, as we have said before, uh, paralleled the MCU back into the comic books more frequently than not, uh, or at least moving see. them closer, you yes. know, which is what we've seen with Shang Chi, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So we see that in here. Like I said, we see why this other uh, why this other uh, character, Corinne, uh, Karan. Um. Has a beef with uh, Kamala uh, going into the the uh, final issue of this series. So, which I think I can't remember because, like, we can also add the fact that yeah, this is Kamala kind of sort of going through her own multiversal thing, but not in the same way that Miles and um, uh, whoever the other characters, uh, oh Jessica Jones and whoever else is is and or will be having their own multiversal. Uh, oh, Gwen Stacy having their own multiversal um, adventures. So, I mean, I mean, there's a book out this week called Avengers forever. Well, and that is all about the multiversal adventures of many characters. True. 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 Yes. Yes. There is that also. Uh, but I mean, but I mean, like singular characters having their own, you know, right, right. Right. Kind of like their own adventures across the multiverse. I gotcha. So actually, I guess, um, that being the case, we can actually talk about that book if you want to. What's that, Avengers Forever? Yeah. Give me a moment while I pull that up. Gonna need a moment to pull this up. I apologize in advance for tonight. All right, so Avengers Forever number four is written by Jason Aaron. Art is by Jim Toe, T O W E, and Guru EFX is on colors. Letters are by VC's Corey Pettit. So uh, I don't think Roddy Cat is that familiar with a Jason Aaron's Thor run, which is where we were introduced to this distant future um, of Thor. You know, this is the the God Butcher and the three Thor 
the three versions of Thor story. Mm, so you I know, will... like the like the King Thor, like uh, this is like the these are um, daughters of the late late or the the, the very far flung into the future King Thor. Right. So I did read. I think I read that four issue King Thor miniseries where the, where they okay. were in. So I did read enough to know that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. I mean, yeah, they were introduced in the Thor run, but that definitely provided the capper to that right. uh, uh, to that story to that point. Right. That so I was familiar story. from so, yeah. Right. So at least you were familiar with them through that, and that's a good thing because uh, ultimately they've actually proven to be fairly interesting, even though they're kind of stereotypical because they do, you know, kind of uh, occupy certain um, tropes, mm-hmm. as it were. They're like three you know, aspects even of though, him, right? Say again? They're like kind of like three aspects of him, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's interesting to read through this and kind of pick up where we left off with the characters and then see them being uh, brought into the fold of this Avengers Forever story. And, I, you know, it's hard to spoil because there's just so much going on. There are just a bunch of variant characters being tossed about and and put together and and and, and knocked against the, against each other. It is very much like um, uh, Jason Aaron is playing with a pile of action figures and just sort of jamming them, you know, like knocking them against each other and saying, "Well, this is what's going on now." Uh, ultimately, the the story is moving forward. There are some developments that involve uh, some of the some of the Story story points that Jason Aaron introduced in that King Four and that late uh, the the late several stories that involved uh, the elder King Four in the Thor run. So, uh, you know, there are some central themes like the Phoenix has played a central role in a lot of these stories, and that is the the case here as well. Uh, it's a different Phoenix though, so you know mm. that proves interesting. If you're not familiar with it, I won't spoil it. I was uh, also. About that. What you were saying? I was going to ask you about that, but go ahead and continue. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, hold your, hold, hold your thought, because I, I was just going to finish. And, and ultimately, uh, it's nice to see Robbie Reyes playing a role that is central to a story. And finally, at the very end of the book, we get uh, a, a nice little um, cliffhanger splash page of a character that we all knew was coming in the story eventually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not a better late than never, but it's about time. <laughs> so you were saying, you were thinking or saying, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that Phoenix that, uh, that they were, that, uh, that we see pieces of in, mm-hmm. in the story. And I'm like, has that Phoenix shown up in that Thor? Yes. Thor? Okay. But not that King Thor story, just, uh, Prior to that, during gotcha. I mean the the greater King Thor story, not gotcha. that not the not that miniseries, gotcha. but the greater okay. King Thor story. Okay, yeah, yeah, because they reference them like the like like they like someone that's shown up before. I'm like, okay, sure, um, but like 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 you did say, I did not read that main story, so I wasn't right. sure about that part. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, they are they are set out on an adventure uh, in in closing uh, that I guess going to put that particular phoenix back together again i assume yeah that i think is part of the quest that is the going to play a role in the story mm-hmm. and like agent 70 said yeah we do get someone that's like yeah not surprised this person showed up 
you know, mm-hmm. and I guess well timed. I don't know. Actually, how wait? How many more issues do we have of this? Is it one more, or two? Of what? Of Avengers Forever. I thought it was, uh, if not an ongoing, at least twelve. Oh, okay. My understanding is that this is tra- that this is going to be going on for a while. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to look it up now um, while you pick the next book, and I'll let you know. Sure. Um, I guess. Well, since we brought it up earlier, Iron Man 15, uh, 18, excuse me. All right. Iron Man. Okay. Well, I can tell you, because I know that this is the case, the writer on this current run of Iron Man and this specific issue. Mm-hmm. Um, allow me a moment yeah, actually, to pull this the, up. I can do that while you have it on. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So, um, uh, creators team is writer, Christopher Cantwell art by land Medina color artist, Frank Darmada and letters by VCs, Joe Caramania. Our lettering Python. <laughs> yes. I leave that for you to say. <laughs> You're just so uncomfortable with uh, foreign languages that aren't French. Uh, not really, but sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. In, in, um, in respect of people's names, yes, but... There it is. Yeah. You know, there it is. So, um... So we have uh, a little bit more of an introspective issue here um, in, in in this uh, Iron Man issue. Actually, I forgot to put the uh, change the uh, cover here while I'm doing that. Um, we have Tony talking to Patsy about uh, pretty much what he. Well, actually, they they don't really talk about it long, but they talk about what he did last issue at the end of last issue. Um. Oh wow! Did I not pull that one? That's crazy. Um, well, anyway, uh, while I pull that up, um, but yeah, we, we talk about, um, they're pretty much talking about, they're comparing their histories and we get, you know, we, we, uh, hear a little bit of, uh, Patsy's history, which some folks might not know. And we get, uh, we definitely go into Tony's back history a little bit and some stuff that we know. Well, most of the stuff that we know, I feel like there was one shot in there that was kind of lifted from, uh, the MCU. Or seemingly lifted from the MCU when they're in, he's in the garage, kind of walking. Um, but there's also a couple of good uh, panels of uh, the, the the Mach One and the Mach Two um, armors uh, that I, that I pretty much enjoyed. Outside of that, and uh, as I was telling uh, Agent Seven Eight before we started, like, yeah, you, we know where this is going because we know there's a thing that's going to happen. I thought it was going to be in this issue. Uh, between the two characters, but obviously they have to get past this one uh, particular point. Uh, but um, it still seems kind of weird, even them basically using this issue to try to flesh some of that out before pretty much putting things back in the box. And that part came kind of feels like it came kind of rushed to me because as we know, Tony had cosmic powers. He had kind of gone a little loopy with it. And pretty much did the same thing that Corvac Corv- uh, did uh, many, many moons ago in the pages of uh, the Avengers, and setting that right in a similar fashion 
uh, with one little wrinkle, uh, the, the uh, uh, similarly to in the pages uh, of Avengers. So I, I found that kind of uh, uh, amusing as a, a person who remembers that p- original story. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, what do you what do you think about this one? I thought it was an interesting read. Mm-hmm. You know, it just the way it played out. You know, as you said, it was well put. It's a very introspective story. It is a a story that I felt paid off better. Had I would have paid off better, and we discussed this just before the show started. It would have paid off better for me if I had read this in a trade paperback because I think the monthly grind took a lot of the effect of the story from me. Uh, or at least I got a, I got a little frustrated, to be honest, because I dropped I, I personally dropped the physical book because I just wasn't happy with the pacing of the story and where I thought it was going. Although I really like this issue, but for and no offense to was a uh, uh, Ian Medina or Lon Medina, the uh, yeah, Lon Medina, the artist. Uh, you know what? I, I could have. I I would have dealt with this art if maybe he had had another pass at it or two or five. It seemed a little rushed. I don't know about you. Hmm. I can, I think I could probably think of a couple of spots where I can agree to that, but I didn't, didn't really look at it that closely. I'll be honest. You didn't bump on it. I definitely bumped on it. I mean, ultimately there are, and and again, we've been talking about this over the last several uh, weeks. There are clear uh, there are clear signs that the uh, MCU Tony Stark um, has um, melded and encroached upon, you know, melded with and encroached upon the uh, the comic book Tony Stark. You know, specifically in this issue, we have scenes lifted almost. You know, you know, like frame by frame from the uh, original Iron Man movie from 2008, because this is, as Roddy Cat said, kind of a introspective, but also a retrospective of Tony Stark's career. Right. So, which is what I was referencing you know, earlier. Right. So, what we have, you know, but but obviously we're melding it together with the 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 six one six the comic book stuff is in here as well. So. um you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, I have to, I have to be honest. It, you know, that that's really the only thing I have to say is that it felt like I would have appreciated this more if it had been like a single read as opposed to the monthly grind. No, that's that's fair because I can I could like like just like I said I could see where that would be where that could be an issue, uh, with this, um. Because, yeah, come, as you said, like having it come out month to month, you kind of kind of lose some things um, with with all the other stuff that we end up. Reading. Absolutely. So I totally get that. I totally get that. And I'm not even sure how I'm keeping up with <laughs> like how I'm even keeping up with uh, what happened with it. Like I did. Well, I guess it was because pretty much what happened at the end of the last issue was pretty stark. No, mm-hmm. no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> um, but that's yes. fun. Yeah, did that even try? Um, 
So yeah, outside of that, yeah, that that's pretty much that. Like I said, we know it's going to a place. They're pretty much cleaning up, uh, cleaning up the uh, the toy box so that they can get to that place. Uh, but first, we have to deal with what happens at the end of this book. Uh, and I suspect the the person that shows up at the end of this issue is going to be the one to clean that up. I don't know why they would do that, but uh, I suspect that's what's going to happen. Well, we're definitely going to we're definitely going to find Tony Stark in a different place once this arc is over, and it's it's almost like Cantwell's own version of Demon in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. That's really how this arc, this overall arc, has played out. You know, from the beginning of his run until issue eighteen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, which actually re- reminds me. I'm glad you said that because yeah, there were. <clears throat> I was kind Sorry. of. No, it's okay. I was kind of slightly surprised that uh, um, uh, there were a couple of references to Demon in a Bottle to the to the uh, to the extent that they were, uh, or at least ones that I referenced. Like I don't know. Obviously, you have to be of a certain vintage to even know remember Demon in a Bottle and what happened during that whole um, that that whole um, storyline. Uh, but it definitely was like, oh wow, I do remember that panel. Like, or I, I remember that particular thing happening. Or at least they around that time. So that was kind of interesting. That there was a couple of couple of shots that kind of uh, reminded uh, reminded me of that, and the fact that I remembered it actually. That's that's the other thing because obviously we read a lot of books, so there's a lot of things that we um <laughs> a lot of memories, a lot of things happen to uh, melt together. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, overall, overall that okay, it was a good read. Um, probably. It would be interesting to see if this indeed does read better in trade, like uh, like you said. So, I don't know if that will ever happen, but we'll see. Uh, you want to throw up one more book and before we go to wrap it? Sure, just wanted to let you know, <clears throat> at least as far as the information that, you know, the limited information that we have, uh, it looks like um, Avengers Forever is an ongoing. Oh, huh. interesting. Okay. You know, obviously these things change, you know, depending upon sales. But as far as I can find out, Avengers Forever is, in fact, an ongoing. Well, that's slightly curious. (laughs) I I feel like it doesn't seem like it may have the legs that Savage Avengers did and apparently will again. But not again. Yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about the fact that they're bringing it back. So, um But um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's definitely been a, 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 a interesting book to, book to read. All right, one last book. Want to for... do Shang Chi real quick? Shang Chi yeah. number ten. Shang Chi number ten. All righty. <clears throat> Pull this sucker up. Shang Chi number ten is written by Jean Luen Yang. Art is by Marcus Toe. Uh, let's see here. Credits page. Eric Arseniega is the colorist, and the letter on this book is VC's Travis Lanham. So I actually had a good time reading this because it brought back a couple of characters into the fold in terms of the main story arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously we've been introduced to these various characters in the Five Weapons Society, and they've uh, been kind of split up over the course of the ten issues, but. Uh, just as the um, story intones 
there is need for a family reunion, and that reunion is uh, broken up into little uh, bits and pieces over the course of this book. But ultimately, we visit with the you know the the, the we visit with one uh, sister Hammer who you know who was an early antagonist and proved to be uh, a counter to Shang Chi you know, a counterpoint or counterweight to Shang-Chi. And now we catch up with the character uh, doing something I didn't think, you know, I, it wasn't even on my list of uh, of uh, <laughs> uh, of things for the character to do. I mean, right. that's like the perfect um, uh, witness protection program style job that, uh, the char- that, that Sister Hammer took on. True, true. You know, right. but again, what she was doing, uh, yeah. No, no, what I was going to say is, uh, um, but again, uh, Sister Hammer is brought into part of the story that has now emerged from the MCU side of things. And more so than, you know, when we first were introduced with Sister Hammer. And so uh, the MCU side of the, of, of the new Shang-Chi story as, you know, is definitely... Uh, you know, front and center. We have in this issue, though, um, as I said, the reunion of sorts of the uh, of the siblings, the the, the Zhengzhou uh, uh, progeny, all coming together. You know, at the end of this issue, you know, despite uh, differences and and, and recent um, differences of opinion, and and even uh, you know what 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 at least Brother Saber would deem to be a betrayal. Uh, ultimately, they do end up having to reunite because they have a mutual enemy. That mutual enemy being their father, or actually their uncle. So, um, wait, uh, you know, and that's was, that's that's pretty much where we get to at the end of the issue. I thought it was a grandfather or great grandfather. Was it the grandfather? I'm not sure. It was. I, yeah, that's definitely it was, a, it's definitely a paternal relative, right? I forget. I no, think it no, is. it was you the mom. Right? It was it was a relative to the mom. Oh, it's the mother's father, right? Yeah, gotcha. Because remember, because he, he was like, "Yeah, I hate everybody who's uh, your dad's." You know, everybody. That's you, right. Your dad. That's you, right. Yeah. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, because he's the Talo native. That's correct. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, there is there is that, and yeah, I agree with you about this. Uh, how uh, the interesting bits of this. Uh, this issue and the, the family reunion thing, and I guess they all have to to come together. Um, also, well, I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned this. Someone gets Star Wars, um, and that that's not a term that is caught on. But let's face it, it is it is a thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did notice that, and the fact that someone else, um, well, and the fact that Shang Chi kind of um, um, felt it. Which I mean, that's not a part of it, but still, you know, an interesting side effect to that, um, to that happening. So I was like, I mean, they seem to be doing that a lot more in the Marvel universe. You know, that that corporate synergy is is a is a thing, or excuse me, that uh, that universe syn- synergy is a thing. Seem mm-hmm. seem like, but at any rate, that is uh, Shang Chi number ten. Still continues to be a pretty good read. Uh, we'll see where this uh, storyline goes going forward uh that being the case uh we can go into rapid fire gonna spin it up i ain't got time to bleed 
Alrighty then. Um, well, since you only got a couple more books, go ahead and... All right. All right, so uh, first up for me is 10 Deaths of Wolverine number 5. Of 5. So the 10 Deaths and 10 Lives of Wolverine stories came to an end this week. This issue is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Federico Vicentini. Colors are by Dijo. I I, I was listening to um, the Marvel pull this podcast this week, and I heard Ryan Panago's Agent M uh, pronounce... Uh, the name as Dijo Lima is the color artist on this book. And uh, this book is lettered by VCs Corey Pettit. So I'm torn about these two companion series. You could kind of read them as, as one whole series, you know, call it the 10 lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine, uh, you know, and you've heard me kind of rail all, you know, rail about it and also kind of appreciate what it's doing because at the end of the day, it is kind of a study of Wolverine and his, you know, role in the Marvel Universe, but especially his role on Krakoa as part of, you know, uh, the 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 elder statesman of the X-Men at this point. Uh, this issue, this series, and the, the two series together – really do constitute a, a a strict continuation. It's not a one-off. These are just continuations of several storylines that have been flowing through the pages of X-Force, Wolverine, and even a little bit of X-Men. Obviously, Benjamin Percy is on this book, and he is uh, bringing a lot of the concepts that he was using in both Wolverine and X-Force and brought them into this book. So it makes perfect sense that he would uh, – that the you know that these stories would reflect the continuation of the stories he was doing in those two books. Ultimately, I think for anyone who is interested in the goings-on of Krakoa – you know, essentially what you think matters, quote unquote, I think this is probably going to be one of the more impactful. It may not be truly crucial, but it's probably one of the more impactful or some of the more impactful stories that have come out of the post Hickman um, Krakoa story, story arcs and storylines. You know, Hickman is still there, but he's definitely not actively writing uh, the stories he's probably you know he's he's consulting for the most part this is he's still in the he's still like the the chairman of x as it were next up is a wolverine patch number one of five so this book is written by the incredible larry hama and i will circle back to the rest of the creative team when i pull this up but bottom line is this is a very, very idiosyncratic story. This is definitely a, a story that is set in a particular timeline, that timeline being or, or time and place, uh, that time and place being Madripoor. We're talking early, eight, like actually mid 80s, late 80s Wolverine. You know, that, that initial run where Wolverine is running around as Patch, uh, the Busema. Um, the Busema art on that initial Wolverine, not the first, well, the first ongoing series, because his, his limited series was Frank Miller, right? And, and Chris Claremont. But the ongoing series is where that patch persona, that patch character was introduced. And this is definitely in that, 
that has that uh, frame of reference. So if you're looking for something, you know, kind of fun to read, you know, it's 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 definitely not of today's comics, but it is still, you know, interesting to see these characters that uh, come from that time that that time and place, uh, hit you know, gracing the pages of a comic book again. And uh, uh, Andrea Devito penciled this book. LeBeau Underwood inked it. Sebastian Chang is the colorist, and VCs Clayton Cowles is the letterer. And last but not least, for me, is uh, straight from the streets of Philadelphia, number twenty. So uh, Rodney Barnes writes this. Rod- Rodney Barnes is the writer of this book, and I'm going to go on with the uh, other members of the. A creative team when I get uh, my copy up, but I have to say this is a pivotal issue because there is a lot of exposition involving yet another uh, founding father of the United States proving to be, um, let's just say, a part of something supernatural but something separate from what we've been introduced to up until this point, specifically a founding father who is not a vampire, who is also not a lycanthrope or lycanthrope. You know, those are the two kind of main uh, supernatural beings that we've seen that we've been introduced to. Uh, you know, there is another character who has, uh, who, who, who wields uh, ancient magics, uh, you know, in the, in the story, but it was interesting to see that, you know, how Rodney Barnes uh, treated this particular founding father and how uh, he laid out, you know, this character's backstory, because, you know, we've gotten 20 issues. We've essentially gotten, I want to say three arcs of Philadelphia. You know, I forget if there were five or six issues each, but we've essentially gotten three arcs of Philadelphia. So, you know, we've seen the evolution of the characters. We've seen uh, uh, John Adams uh, go from you know one side of the tr- uh, of the railroad tracks to another, you know, quite literally sometimes. And so, uh, it's always interesting to see these uh, these characters reintroduced uh, uh, in the pages of this book uh, for you know for lots of different uh, you know I hate to say this bloody shenanigans. Because that's essentially one of the draws of this book is that there is a plenty of gore. You know, like it's 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 abstract gore. It's not like gory. You know, it's it's not gore for gore's sake, but it's definitely you know there's definitely some some you know there's some monster violence going on in this book. So uh, just give me a second. I think I skipped past the credits page. I want to speak about the art. The art. Because I thought that this issue in particular, um, so again, as I said, Rodney Barnes has the story is behind the story, the writer. Art in this book and in the series as a whole is by Jason Sean Alexander, and I think his work in this particular issue was phenomenal, very, very on point. There is an art. There are artists though by German Eramuspe, Eramuspe. Sherard Jackson and Nicole Palmquist were part of the art team on this book. Colors are by Luis Nicht and letters are by Marshall Dillon. I have to tell you, I enjoyed reading this. Philadelphia number 20 is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. And that's it for me.
<clears throat> nice. All right. <clears throat> For myself, we start off with Trial of the Amazons uh, Wonder Girl number one. And, oops, that's the wrong book. Uh, that's the wrong right book, wrong cover. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, creative team Eels. Script and art by Joel Jones. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by Pat Brousseau. Um, this is part four of the Trial of the Amazons uh, of Seven. Uh, part two of this particular um, book. Oh, excuse me, part one of two of this particular book, though. Um, um, and he, in here we basically see uh, where Yara and the Esquisitas, uh, well, why specifically uh, Yara and Esquisitas, Esquisitas uh, end up going to Themyscira uh, and entering the uh, contest that has been put upon there. Um Part of it, part of it also is Yara. Like I said, if you are not caught up with um, the last few issues of Wonder Girl, you get a little bit caught up in that, and that's for people who are probably you know not reading this, uh, who, who is not reading that book, or probably reading Wonder Wonder Woman or um, or Nubia, uh, for that matter. So you get a little bit of that. Um, she's got a little bit of beef with the gods and she's kind of wondering why the, the, uh, the Themyscirans are quote unquote under the boot of the, uh, of the gods after all they've done or after all she believes that they're done. But like I said, she goes to this island, uh, with the rest of the, uh, the Esquisitas and, uh, we kind of get cut to the night of, um, spoiler alert, uh, Hippolyta's murder, but before she gets murdered, where they had a feast, there was a nice little touching moment between Yara and, um, uh, Yara and Hippolyta, um, which was, which was nice. Uh, apparently, uh, Hippolyta's knew, uh, Yara's mother. So, and then it kind of cuts to, um, Cassie Sandsmark, who's heading up the investigation of, uh, Hippolyta's mur- murder, and then it kind of cuts back and forth, where it cuts, kind of sort of cuts back and forth between Cassie and, uh, Yara, but the rest of the book is pretty much more Yara than, than Cassie, um, in that, leading up to the, what looks to be before, well, the, the, uh, the naming of all of the, the champions that are, um, that are entering the, the, the um the contest which if you've read trial of the amazons number one i believe uh from last week or wonder woman from last week you kind of know them all actually yeah, it was wonder woman from last week you know them all uh if you're keeping up with this particular story um next book is aquaman uh green arrow deep target number six it is the penultimate issue of this uh, miniseries. There we go. Uh, let's see. Writer Brandon Thomas. Art by Roman Cliche or Cliquette. I don't know which one. I'm going to go say it's Cliche. Um, colors by Ulysses Ariola and letters by Josh Reed. So, presumably after the... Uh, the um, the end of last issue, uh, Ali and Arthur are back in their own bodies and they're pretty much going back, uh, going after an earlier version of this general Adderton who was with them in a later state. 
uh, and seemingly look like they're cleaning everything up, but something's still not uh, altogether finished. Um, Ollie kind of takes it upon himself to call in some Justice League help um, while sending Arthur uh, back back home to get some rest. But it seems as though there may or may not be something amiss with Arthur himself. Um, in everything that is gonna get went on with it, there might have been another switch that happened if you've been keeping up with this uh, with this uh, book. But uh, I guess we will find out what the deal is in, in that is uh, in the next issue, which will be the last one. Uh, next book, Robin, number 12. Bing. Sorry, folks, if you're watching the video version, I got to do a little, little, um, little tweaking here and there for some stuff. Um, writer Joshua Williamson, pencils by Roger Cruz, art, excuse me, inks by Norm Rapman, uh, colors by Luis Guerrero, and letters by ALW's Troy Pateri. Um, so the short strokes is this is that, uh, well, Last issue we saw the end of the tournament and the uh, and uh, and Damon and a crew of folks um, dealing with uh, some loose ends uh, involving the tournament, but Damon still has some beef with his with his mom and his granddad. Uh, his mom specifically in this issue, but uh, he basically goes back to Gotham with a vial of this uh, Lazarus Lazarus pit juice um, to potentially do a thing that may or may not have happened um but then ends ends up in us with a a potential scrap and recollection but the possible recollection um uh not recollection that's the wrong word i was looking but basically resolves uh may have been going starting to resolve some issues with uh he and his mom um who at the end of this basically saying she doesn't she doesn't like uh, Flatline, who is the the young uh, uh, assassin that uh, Damien may or may not be uh, uh, smitten with, and she is right for this because at the end of this we get a little we get um, we get some we get a little tease as to what's going on on that side, and that is also um, an, another tease to. The Shadow War, which I believe is going to be uh, starting soon, which actually goes into the next book, uh, Deathstroke number seven. Let's do a book. Is this? There we go. Bing. Sorry about this, folks. Uh, also written by Joshua Williamson, art by Steven Segovia, colors by Hi Fi, and letters by Steve Wands. So. We find out who Respawn is, or uh, I don't want to say who, but well, what, but um, but basically who and what uh, Respawn is in relation to Deathstroke. We also see uh, find out potentially um, what's going to stoke the fires of Shadow War. Uh, I'll put it that way, because of this revelation may have um may have stoked the fires of this going forward uh but it, let's just say it has something to do with um the previously mentioned Damien and uh his family lineage um in relation to respawn i will say that 
Um, and at the end of this, there is a sudden but inevitable betrayal, but also a weirdly out of, or at least to me, seemingly out of place, uh, dark crisis epilogue that I guess is going to go into that whole thing whenever that happens. Uh, and I guess that uh, that is another thing that's going to be starting up soon. So I don't even know <laughs> whether I read or not, who even knows, who even cares. Uh, next book, let's see, Icon, apparently didn't get that one either, great, Icon and Rocket Season 1, Number 6, uh, written by Reginald Hudlin and Leon Chills, pencils by Doug Braithwaite, uh, inks by Andrew Curry and Doug Braithwaite, colors by Brad Anderson, letters by And World Design. Um, so this is, I believe this is the last issue for season one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe all of the Milestone Returns books have been, been doing that. Um, uh, last issue, Rocket separately, and Icon and his, I, I would say, new lady friend, uh, Ziamira, were in separate traps. Um, um, Raquel manages to, um, hold her own for a while but, uh, until the assistance of one static shock comes into play and then um and icon and uh, mira end up coming uh to help later on an issue and um <clears throat> excuse me they seemingly deal with um the 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 current threat but at the end of it there seems to be another threat looming uh in the form of a shadow council um that this well, one, a Shadow Council that is going to be uh, continuing the story somewhere else. I'm assuming it's hardware, because I believe that book is also <coughs> rounding out the end of its uh, season one. Or, And I know there's supposed to be a couple other Milestone Returns books that are coming back, so it could be maybe the one that's starting up one of those. But also, um, it ends with a, another kind of cliffhanger in the fact that uh Raquel might be being shipped off to Switzerland, which I don't know if that actually happened in the original books or not. But uh, we shall see. Uh, let's see. Next up, Transformers Beast Wars number 14. So I'm trying to go through this all the facts because I got a little bit more books than Agent 70, so I apologize. Also, we got time restraints a little bit. Um... Written by Eric Burnham, art by Josh Burcham, letters by Jake M. Woods. So, if you're familiar with uh, Beast Wars, this is a pretty much kind of a reboot retelling of it, but not necessarily in the form, in the exact same beats of the uh, the the show from back in the day. This particular issue kind of does take um, take a note from one of the uh, one of the episodes. And that episode is the one where Optimus Primal pretty much gets um, gets um, riled into a frenzy by some foreign matter. In this case, it's uh, some red energon, which if you're thinking red kryptonite from Superman 3, kind of similar. I believe it was red kryptonite, but it's kind of similar. Made, made him real aggy and... I think it also made him drunk, but that's not the case here. But yeah, but that's the but the episode where where um, uh, Optimus pretty much goes uh, goes goes into a frenzy and goes to attack the Predacon base. 
it kind of goes along the ways of that, except for the fact that he and the Megatron both get intercepted um, by some by a third party who, if you're watching the video version, you can see one of which on the cover um, that were made by a third party who was um, against any Cybertronians being on the planet. Let's just say that. Uh, and that's where we leave off there. The next book, which I'm very curious to see if um, Agent 70 is going to pick up for one part of this, uh, for one part, for one star at the very least. Uh, pardon me. Down here. There we go. Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one. Yeah, that's a no for me. <laughs> uh, as folks may or may not know, uh, Agent 70 is is a big Godzilla fan, not so much uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. However, That's correct. I, however, I will say that this story that was done by Cullen Bunn, art by Freddie Williams II, colors by Andrew Dalhouse, uh, and letters by Johanna Natalie, is actually pretty good and is a click of the week for me personally, I like both of those franchises. This is a, a Boom slash Boom Studio slash IDW collaboration. If you did not know, because one has one license, the other has the other. Um, and of course, the, the crux of the story is that Rita Repulsa finds the MacGuffin that sends her and her crew and one of the Rangers to an alternate Earth that apparently has an alt, uh, Angel Grove, but also the King of the Monsters, uh, Godzilla. <laughs> so, uh, and in that fashion, the rest of the Rangers end up following at some point. But before that happens, we get do get a um, a, a nice fight between Godzilla and the Dragon Sword, um, which some would say could be uh, Mecha Godzilla. But you know, this is not going to count. And of course, in that, uh, Rita uh, teams up with the uh, Supreme Commander of Planet X. And the only thing it makes me think of is uh, King Ghidorah, uh, one of MF Doom's uh, uh, alter egos, and um, the Fine Print uh, song in particularly. Like I said, I enjoyed this because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of both uh, both franchises, and uh, this this matchup was actually one that I didn't think I wanted to see uh, or, or I guess not match up is the fight, but you know, there's going to be a matchup at some point. So, uh, next up, and I believe I'm rounding out my books here. Uh, make sure I didn't miss anything. Maestro. I'm surprised agent 70 didn't, um, read this one. Maestro world war M number two. Couldn't get to it. Yeah. Fair enough. I know we had a little thing with books earlier, so. Um, story by Peter David. Speaking of um, uh, um, um, time out of time books, I guess, uh, in, in the vein of that Wolverine patch uh, book. But anyway, writer Peter David, alt by Herman Peralta, colors by Jesus Bertoff, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. Uh, and no, I still have not read uh, Future Imperfect. Just in case anyone no. was asking. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, Maestro, let's just say Maestro kind of has it out uh, with Namor and his family under the sea. And that kind of goes into a point. 
um, I keep forgetting about certain things uh, where this where this timeline um, happens in this world because there is a an, um, there's a memory of the Illuminati that is brought up. Uh, interestingly enough, that happened in um, the the six one six the the right main universe, but I'm not sure if this is if this is the future of the 616 or an alternate future. I've, I've never been too sure about that. Do you know? Cause is future impression supposed to be in the actual future or is an alternate alternate future? Say again? Is future imperfect supposed to be in an alternate future or the main future? It's hard to say. Yeah. Obviously with the way the multiverse has kind of, uh, uh, been expanded and, and the concept been expanded upon the way I believe it was intention. Uh, the, the intention of it was that it was going to be one of Hulk's main features. I can't say it was the feature. Sure. Okay. At any rate, that was the thing that kind of, uh, was interesting to me about that being brought up. Also the fact that the maestro is uh, breathing on the water, but he's a Hulk. So I guess he could do anything he wants. Um, so yeah, there is that. Uh, without spoiling anything, just in case Agent 70 does intend to want to read this uh, at some point. And my last book is Star Wars Darth Vader number 21. Um, written by Greg Pak, art by Raphael uh, Ayinko, colors by Alex Sinclair, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um... The main two things that happen in this book is that Sabe, who is one of the, uh, one of um, um, Padme's old handmaids, cause still has a grudge out for Vader, and she has, let's say, in try to enlist a couple of members of the. Well, she has put herself in uh, Crimson Dawn and is enlisting a couple of um, of members to further her own agenda. But first, she's trying to uh, have a chat with them to find out what Vader is doing. Um, so on one part of the book, there is that. And the other side of the book, uh, we still have the bounty hunters that are still kind of going after Crimson Dawn, um, uh, members, which this book is still a part of that Crimson rain storyline, uh, that I guess is still going on. Um, I don't know. Sometimes you kind of lose the thread of some of the stuff, uh, with, with everything that's coming out or when, do, when is what doing what, but, um, yeah, the, the, Bounty hunters that are uh, under the employ of Vader are kind of going after some targets. There is some chatter amongst one or two of them uh, about whether Vader will betray them or not uh, before going into said mission. Uh, and said mission kind of tends to go a certain way um, uh, for the most part. And I guess we will see what happens with that uh, or how that how that finishes up and that folks is it for me clicks of the week clicks of the week uh we do have one excuse me from dirt who says uh rogues number one for his click um said it's like the movie red or comic if you read it there's also a dc property uh but evil uh, I still hate that oversized black label format, though. Uh, yeah, I was I was looking at this book earlier, and I was like, um, I'm kind of curious about it. I don't know if I'll get a chance to read it, but I, I, I may take a 
a chance on it. But basically, it's about uh, Flash's rogues gallery and um, I guess things they get into. Um, yeah, and it's a black label book, which means it's a basically you might as well say it's an Elseworlds story. So, um, a little more gritty than in the regular continuity at this point. Well, yeah. Uh, you got yours? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Philadelphia number 20. Even though I definitely liked some of the stuff that happened in Shang-Chi number 10, mm-hmm. and I really did appreciate what was going on in Iron Man number 18, you know, despite the fact that it felt like the art was a little left me a little wanting sure um you know and of course i you know i i kind of regret not getting x deaths of wolverine and x lives of wolverine in hard copy in 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 regular comic book form i may end up trying to track these down um you know uh uh now that the series is over i don't think it was like a hot seller but i i kind of appreciated you know the the continuation of the the previous storylines uh, and taking that through these books, taking them through these books, those storylines that is. Gotcha. Um, for myself, I, I may have rounded out. I d- definitely say you might want to check out uh, if you are up with uh, the Wonder Woman story and the Trial of the Amazons. Definitely check out um, uh, Trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl number one because the art in that with the uh, uh, and the story with that with Joel Jones is, is great. Uh, especially one splash page where all the es- uh, the Esquisitas are, are there, including one little precious nubbin that that is there with a with a with a club. You got to check that. If uh, you've probably seen that going around on the internet, if you've been paying attention. But um, I think I'm actually yeah, Iron Man uh, 18 is also a, is a good one, and. For the callback to the episode, Transformers Beast Wars number 14 is also a pretty decent one. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with, and this is probably not a big surprise, Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one. That was, it was pretty, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it a, a good bit, I would say. Uh, that being the case, we can go to uh, the news, but first an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off as we do every week with the cinematic news. Um, 
the Umbrella Academy season three release date uh, has been announced, and it is apparently June twenty second. Um, this article also goes into some stuff, I guess, in catch up of which or what's been going on, but we don't necessarily need to get into all of that. We just know that there is a teaser out, teaser trailer out there, and we already know the release date for said show. Next. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Give me a moment, folks. I scroll too far. Harley Quinn season three casts what we do in the shadow star Harvey Guillen as Nightwing. So we have another on-screen version of Nightwing. Uh, The third season of the Harley Quinn animated series may have found its Nightwing according to Deadline Harvey Guillen. What we do in the shadows, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, has been cast to voice Dick Grayson's crime-fighting alter ego. Okay. Uh, Speaking of Harley Quinn, uh, Season 3 uses a vintage Batman uh, animated series background art. I guess they were going for a a Batman the Animated animated Series field. In an interview with Slash Film, showrunner Patrick Schumacher shared details about the uh, homage episode. Uh, quote unquote, we have an episode that's a big love letter to Batman the Animated Series, says Schumacher. We even got some original backgrounds from the show that we use in the episode. So, and if folks know, this is where Harley Quinn got her start uh, in Batman the, the Animated Series. So that's a, that's a nice little callback. Um, not sure when this episode is coming up, but I'm sure it's coming up to, oh, since season three, which doesn't have a release date. Next. It saddens me that there are definitely multiple generations now that do not know that Harley Quinn was originally <laughs> or originated in the animated, the Batman animated, uh, the the animated Batman series, Batman sure. the animated series. So, you know, two at least two generations now. Wow, is it is, is it that much? Well, maybe one. maybe one and a half. Yeah, you know. Uh, moving on, George Lopez boards DC's Blue Beetle movie. So, uh, the cast of Warner Brothers and DC Films, the Blue Beetle movie continues to grow. The rap revealed that George Lopez has been cast as Uncle Rudy with Babel's Adriana Barraza playing Nana, uh, Predator's Elpidia Carrillo playing Orochio. And uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian's Damien Alcazar playing Alberto. They join the previously announced Harvey Guillen, Bruna Marquezine, and Belissa Escobedo, as well as Zolo Mariduena, who plays Jaime Reyes slash Blue Beetle. Okay. I, you know, soldiered my way through all those names. Congratulations. <laughs> I remember when you, when you mentioned that Roxio name, I was thinking Rufio? I don't know. Don't ask me why. But, you know. Uh, the Snyder Cut's Green Lantern actor shares new look at his cut Justice League scene. Uh, so actor Wayne T. Carr shared a photo of himself from his cut scene as John Stewart Green Lantern in Zack Snyder's Justice League. It had been something else that would have been like, where did this person come from? Um... That that is me editorializing. On Twitter, Carr revealed how his Green Lantern would have looked at the end of uh, Justice League in a meeting with Bruce Wayne, um, uh, Ben Laflack. Um, so it would have been another epilogue. Great. Uh, Carr's sharing of the image came on the one year anniversary of the Snyder Cut, um, and he used that. Hash- I'm not even going to do that hashtag because no. And if you're watching the video, you can see the uh, Twitter image. Uh, uh, for Mr. Carr. 
next. Next up, Netflix's Resident Evil live action series is set to debut in July. I did not even know this was coming. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to debut on July 14th, and the Netflix live action Resident Evil series is going to star Lance Reddick, uh, Tyrone from um, from the John Wick movies, also Lieutenant um, Daniels. Lieutenant Daniels from The Wire. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, Savala, uh, if you play uh, Destiny 2. What's that? Also, Savala, if you play Destiny 2. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a who, but okay, that, that works also, I guess. So, um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, this is definitely something video game related. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's what Destiny 2 is. And so that, you know, it, it kind of um, it seems to be um, some uh, an area that uh, Lance Reddick is running around in right now. The, the video game adaptations. Apparently. Um, Next up. Bing. Marvel reportedly casting a major non-binary character for Ironheart. So Marvel Studios is reportedly reportedly looking uh, to cast the uh, the MCU's very first non-binary character, who will supposedly play a significant role in the upcoming Disney Plus original series Ironheart, according to a Patreon port by Industry Scroll. Why did I put that one in? Okay, Daniel RPK. Uh, Marvel's looking for a non-binary, genderqueer, or gender-fluid actor of any ethnicity uh, in their twenties or early thirties. Um, the reporter casting call is for an unnamed character who is described as being extremely intelligent, shrewd, and poised, according to Rickman. Uh, and I guess this character will appear in all six, uh, episodes of Ironheart. Which I'm trying to think of, uh, the, the people in her, in, uh, her world that would be, and I can only think of one, and I don't know if that's going to be it, but I'm sure it could. Um, whose name I can't remember right now. But regardless, hey, if this ends up being true, there you go. Next. Next up, Samuel L. Jackson seemingly revealed that Nick Fury is set to make an appearance in both the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So while he's speaking on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, Jackson let it slip that his beloved super spy, super spy won't just be appearing in the upcoming Secret Invasion Disney Plus series. He says, quote, when I was in London just now, it was Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and the Marvels was happening. And we were getting ready to do Secret Invasion, said Jackson. So it was like three Marvel movies on one lot. I was kind of running around from place to place. Yeah, that's the part that kind of clues you in. Mm-hmm. So without, without completely revealing what he's doing, it does clue you in that he's running around. Right. I mean, it's it's not surprising that he would be in Marvel, the Marvels. The Ant-Man mm-hmm. one, yeah, that one would be interesting if that ends up being the case. But yeah, him being in the next Captain Marvel movie wouldn't be that big of a surprise. So, anywho. Uh, Moon Knight is a standalone series, but it could be... Um... Oh, joy, I can't wait for Agent 7 to see this next two. Um, uh, but it could be a the origin story of a larger thing. Marvel's Moon Knight is currently a six-episode uh, uh, series, which I guess we just found out, uh, confirmed that uh, that recently with the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ethan Hawke says it could potentially become an origin for other Moon Knight stories. 
uh, speaking to Hawk, who plays uh, Arthur Harrow, IGN asked if he and co- uh, co-star Oscar Isaac has gone in treating this as a one-shot or whether they'd be open to returning the, to their roles beyond the finale. Uh, Hawk was uh, equivocal in his answer. Quote-unquote, the good news is that it's poss- both, it is possibly both. It lives and breathes on its own merit. It functions as a limited series, and if people are engaged and excited by it, then it could be the origin of story of, of a larger thing. Sure, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the that's the uh, on the board answer because you never know with these things. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, uh, I want you to take these next two actually because they're connected. Oh, two of them, connected. all right. They're potentially connected actually. So, according to the latest issue of Production Weekly, a trustworthy industry publication uh, that tracks and chronicles films and series, Marvel in, in in their stages of development, Marvel Studios is beginning work on a new cosmic project. The entry is simply listed as quote untitled Marvel Space Project and sports the status of development. Of course, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige is currently listed as the only producer attached to the project. Beyond its existence, nothing else is really known about what this mysterious chapter in the MCU will entail. So uh, let's see. So I guess I'm going to move on to the next one and see what's up here. So this just came across today and could be uh, connected to that, but I'm not entirely sure. All right. So... Loading, loading, loading. All right, so this is a deadline story. Marvel is developing a Nova project with Moon Knight scribe Sabir Pirzada. Uh, Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Nova, looks to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe as sources tell Deadline that Marvel is developing a Nova project with Moon Knight scribe Sabir Pirzada on board's right. It's unknown for now whether this will be developed as a feature film or a limited series for Disney+. Plus. As always, Kevin Feige, as I said earlier, will produce. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they go with Richard Ryder uh, mm-hmm. um, instead of Sam Alexander. So, you know, I, I'd be kind of curious to see what direction they they decide to go in. Right. And even as I read this, I'm like, they that this it is not, this is what, this article is speculation that it could be Richard Ryder. They could very well be going with Sam Alexander. It, mm-hmm. Or they could have both. Like, maybe it could be a Marvel situation where, like, hey, Ryder was the first and then grooms young Sam as a new Nova. Or something. Definitely a possibility. Yeah, so we don't know, but I figured uh, Agent Seven would get a kick out of this, kick out of this being a big uh, Nova fan. I'm not a big Nova fan, but at the end of the day, Ooh. it's nice that the character is getting some shine, you know. And and before we move on, I just wanted to say I was never a big Nova fan, but I appreciated Richard <laughs> Ryder's development during Annihilation. That was the big thing. Okay, you know, it's not like I was reading New Warriors. You know, shout out to that Matt Wang ninety seven. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, next up, uh, The Incredible Hulk will be streaming on HBO Max starting on April 1st. Uh, and the, that would be the, the uh, Ed Norton movie, not the Ang Lee movie, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go. If you missed it, yeah. <laughs> if you missed it the first go around, it'll be on HBO Max uh, as opposed to Disney Plus. Go figure. Next up. 
Next up, you got to hit 88 miles an hour to find out that Star Wars, <laughs> uh, The Mandalorian, is about to have Doc Brown on set. Christopher Lloyd is joining The Mandalorian. So he is on the call sheet for The Mandalorian. That and it's current as it's as it is now currently filming its third season in Southern California. Details for the character are being kept locked in the trunk of a DeLorean, but it has been described as guest starring in nature. Lucasfilm could not be reached for comment. Hey man, just let him let him jump in. That's Jim from Taxi. Also, I was about to say he probably won't be looking for the Genesis device. Hmm. So Maybe something close to it. Who knows? Um, Daniela Melchior in talks to join Fast and Furious 10 cast. Ooh. Uh, uh, Ratcatcher. I remember, I remember uh, the Suicide Squad, yeah. but at the same time. <laughs> Let's put it this way. It's the only other woman in Suicide Squad outside of uh, Harley and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, uh, Amanda Waller. Right. Yeah. So this report comes from the rap who unfortunately doesn't have any character details on who Melchior would portray. Uh, cause, uh, uh, yeah, you know, sure. Um, so we don't know if this is the case or not. Well, if we don't know what's the case is in his, I wouldn't be surprised. Put it that way. Uh, if it's in the, because they're getting pretty much everybody else next up. So, I'm not sure what part of our demographic watches Riverdale, but here's some news for you. So these are spoilers for Riverdale Season 6, Episode 6, Chapter 101, Unbelievable. Apparently in this episode, uh, Betty Cooper and Archie Andrews gain some superpowers, and that's a little on the wacky side for me, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure we've seen Archie cross over with all sorts of superheroic characters with powers, so... You know, actually, nothing's ever really out of the realm of possibility with those kids in Riverdale. Well, actually, ended up both of them and the rest of the crew ended up actually getting comic uh, powers in the comics. Uh, they had there was a whole I remember because I read them because there was a whole storyline where Archie and all of them got we don't even know how, but they end up they get, end up going by various names and Archie and Reggie was a foil in certain points and da da da. I'm not even gonna go through all of that, but it was a thing from the comics. So it wasn't just that he's was crossing over; it, it actually happened to him. The fact that it's showing up in, or well, some semblance of that is showing up in Riveter is kind of crazy. But yeah, there it is, I guess. Uh, next up, we get into the anime corner. Anime corner. Let's see what do we play today? Sure, that works. Gundam Zero Zero anime gets revealed Chronicles CG anime. So the Gundam Figures Live event uh, revealed on Thursday uh, that the Gundam Suit Gun, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Zero Zero anime is getting a new CG anime project titled uh, Revealed Chronicle. Uh, Seiji Mitsujima, uh, the director of the previous Gundam Zero Zero anime, is reuniting with staff of stories that weren't told in the original anime. Excuse me. The event unveiled the teaser trailer for the anime and the new Gundam devised Exia model uh, at a certain point in the video, of which you can find in the article in uh, the show notes if you are so inclined. Next, Spy 
Spy X Family Anime's video reveals previews theme song. So the official website for the television anime of Tetsuya Endo's Spy X Family manga began streaming the full promotional video for the anime on Friday. The video reveals and, and previews the anime's opening theme song, Mixed Nuts by official Hige Dandism, and the ending theme song, Kigeki, uh, comedy by Jen Hoshino. So, yeah, this is apparently a, a, a you know we've talked about this before that this is a, a popular manga mm. that they are now putting into an anime, yeah, and it'll probably be on Crunchyroll because that will be everybody's only option. Funny you should mention that. Uh, we will get to that in a moment. Uh, but Code Geese's uh, matter of fact, you know what? Let's go ahead and say it right now. Yeah. Um, wait, where is the story? Here we go. Uh, Rising of the Shield Hero Spy X Family headline Crunchyroll Spring 22 season. Uh, so yeah, Crunchyroll announced its initial lineup for the twin, so Spring 2022. The aforementioned Rising of the Shield Hero Spy X Family, uh, Requiem of the Rose Queen, and uh, Boruto Next uh, Naruto Next Generations, and a few others to be uh, to be said are coming in late March and April. And uh, if you go to the article in the show notes, you can see the listing of what is coming during the spring season. Sadly, I am not seeing fire Force season three in this. Um, but I am looking forward to uh spikes, uh, spikes family because I, um, I've heard good things about it. And I know I have a friend of mine that's reading the, uh, manga anyway. Um, you can get that Code Geese uh, story, if you don't mind. Code Geese director's new anime, Estab Life, uh, sets Crunchyroll premiere date. So, uh, Estab Life, or Estab Life, Great Escape, will soon premiere on Crunchyroll on March 23rd, two weeks before the anime begins its television broadcast in Japan. Yeah. Uh, next up. Uh, Netflix is releasing a Tekken anime series this year, and there's a teaser trailer for it. Sadly, no one got thrown into a volcano. Uh, but, nevertheless, uh, Tekken Bloodline is the anime that's coming later this year, and um, it revealed the series was revealed in a one-and-a-half-minute official teaser trailer. There's no exact date or mention of the episode count, but the summary reveals that it will focus on Jin Kasama, Kazama, uh, excuse me, who joined the series as a uh, character in Tekken 3. Wait, I thought this character's been there. Uh, for those for those who don't know, I believe he is the son, grandson of um, Haihachi or something like that. I don't remember. Regardless, there you go. Um, yeah. Next up. Next up, Adult Swim orders two new FLCL Fooly Cooly series for Toonami's birthday. So uh, the anime-heavy programming block celebrated its 25th anniversary the other week. And, um, you know, if you're a fan of this anime that I had a lot of trouble uh, getting through, yeah. uh, good for you. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird one. I, I did mention that to you. <laughs> It is a very weird one. Uh, one Piece teases a confidential live action reveal with uh, in- intriguing photos. Uh, apparently, there's a Twitter with um, the spyglass and a confidential on a bunch of papers and Luffy straw hat and some rulers and whatnot. Uh, with the date three twenty eight Monday. 
uh, March 28th. Uh, looks like it's an image of Cape Town, South Africa, where the live-action reboot is currently being filmed also. So I guess that might be when this is coming or something, or a trailer for this coming, probably, more likely. Who knows? We'll see. Next. Ray takes the spotlight in a new trailer for Detective Conan spinoff Zero's Tea Time. Uh, Netflix confirms a release window for this show with a new trailer showcasing the spinoff anime's opening and closing theme. So this is Detective Conan Zero's Tea Time. Um, it's going to prove, uh, stream world, worldwide on Netflix sometime in July of this year. So is there an Andy Richter as well? Boom, boom. Moving right along. Um, I see what you did there, though. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero soars to number two debut at domestic box offices. I do. I've I've seen that movie come up on my timeline a few times in the, over the course of this week. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it says that it made some money um, uh, from the Thursday preview that was on March seventeenth, followed by more money the day after and the whole weekend prior uh, after that. And it's basically giving ba- the Batman a run for his money uh, here in the States. So I have not yet to watch it. Uh, and thankfully it has not been spoiled. But, right. um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been, I was invited to go. I was tied up, had a meeting the same night that, you know, it was, it would have been, um, it would have been uh, a movie protocol night because right. of the opening night on Thursday. So, but I had a, I literally had a meeting that abutted right before uh, our show tonight on a Thursday. That is, gotcha. so I did not have a chance to go watch uh, the movie with one of the members of my anime uh, uh, committee, so advisory committee. So, uh, <laughs> I was told that it was good. I do yeah. need though to refresh my memory because I uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is one of the first animes that I worked my way through because it was only one season. So it's been a while since I since I've had to give any thought to what was going on in that uh, in the story. Uh, from what I understand, is it's prior to the events of this uh, of the season, so I right. might not have to. It's, that's why it's a zero, right? But, but like, at the end might not of the day, have to. it's more about no. What I was going to say is that it's more about like understanding like the whole idea of the curses and how they work. Uh, I see. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, not so much story wise. It's more about like why the story is being told and you know right. what the 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 mechanisms are for like how things are happening. I feel like it might it might um, explain that, but yeah, sure. Going into it with a little bit with a little bit something that won't hurt. Um, and now we are going over into the comic book section, but still staying into the uh, anime corner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, My Hero Academia reveals why Toga might be Deku's deadliest enemy. It's a spoiler alert for chapter 347 of the uh, manga. Uh, I don't know too much about what is going on in here because I have not read read any of it. Huh? I read the manga. Okay, so you're already already up on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it it good to, to that point? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, mm-hmm. like from between between where the anime leaves off and where the manga is now, it's a pretty wild story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can only imagine what that's going to look like animated. You know, it's definitely a superhero story. There's lots of action. There's lots of fighting. You know, it's definitely that type of shonen. It's not like a a day in the life shonen or a school shonen. This is a a hero. You know, and I don't think there are very many superhero shonen 
story. So this is definitely a, 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 a subgenre of its own because of how strongly uh, the, the creator, I believe it's Horikoshi, um, was influenced by American superhero uh, stories, right. both movie and comic book. Yeah, I guess as technically as this in One Punch Man, uh, like right off the bat, but I can't really think of any, I mean, I don't know if I would put like um, the one other I can think of that that is drawing a blank right now. But yeah, these are the two main ones I can think of at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that, I've seen a lot of this character, Toga, uh, Toga uh, Himiko come up in the last uh, week or two also. So that's uh, interesting. Next up though. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre uh, adventure spinoff kicks multi kicks off new multi part story. Uh, this thus spoke uh, Rohan Kashibe will return with its multi chapter tenth story. So here's another anime I haven't yet it started. Hmm. So thus spoke Rohan Kashibe, the longest running JoJo's Bizarre Adventure spinoff, will return on April fifth with a new multi part story. Um. Yeah, this is, I'm uh, just looking to see, the... you know, when this is supposed to come out. You know, right. none of this makes sense to me. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, you hadn't gotten to JoJo's yet. Yeah, and you probably there's a probably good chance you may or, or may not watch this. <laughs> All right, I don't know. I mean, I can't say for certain. I know this is on because I know there is the the anime version of this is on Netflix, and I don't know how far it goes, but yeah, like whether you like JoJo's enough to go into this, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Anyway, um, Tokyo Revengers manga put on indefinite hiatus. Um, according to a post from re- reputable anime and manga industry leader, uh, some person, I'm not even going to go through all of that, uh, which was then translated by Silicon Era, the Tokyo Revengers manga has been forced to take a break. This is apparently rumor, uh, 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 rumor, uh, yeah, rumor at this point, so take it for whatever that is. Due to multiple people involved with the series, uh, creator Ken Wakui catching the COVID-19 virus. Uh, while the report does not specifically state if Wakui or any of the other staff members working on the manga have caught the virus, um, it does state that the infections have made it difficult to, to continue production on the series for the time being. A return date for the manga, which is currently in the middle of publishing its final story arc, has yet to be announced. But there you go. Next. Jujutsu Kaisen finally reveals Yuta's cursed technique. So uh, this is a, a spoiler for uh, chapter 178 of Sendai Colony Part 5. This is the um, manga. So, um, you know, this is probably a spoiler for m- the vast majority of people who are interested in Jujutsu Kaisen. So, uh, I, you know, I won't necessarily talk about this because I'm tired. I kind of don't want to read the article. But Fair at enough. the end of the day, if you're really interested, uh, make sure to check out our show notes and click on this. But, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, this manga has several chapters in it and we're only, you know, obviously they sometimes adapt more than one, one, more than one chapter of manga per anime episode. So we may catch up to this very soon, but you know, it's hard to say Mm -hmm. in terms of the, the people who watch the anime. Uh, Young Justice, we'll get into comic books proper. Young Justice returns for the Death of the Justice League Dark Crisis event series. 
Uh, so yeah, the, we said earlier, shout out to Tim, uh, by the way, who wrote this article, uh, I just, I'm just seeing, um, dark crisis, the DC event that promises to kill the justice league will include a spinoff series starring the teenage heroes of young justice, which I know, um, uh, Tim's a fan of, uh, dark Ju- crisis, young justice is a six issue miniseries that comes from the creative team of writer Megan Fitzmartin, of Batman urban legends fame and artist Laura Braga. Uh, it brings together the founding members of the Young Justice, Red Robin, Impulse, Superboy, and Wonder Girl uh, after the deaths of their, and I, I'm assuming that's Cassie Sandsmark, not Yara Flar, after the deaths of their mentors. Uh, the series will find the trio missing after the Justice League's funeral uh, with Wonder Girl leading their search party. According to South Wire, the heroes are lost on the world of their dreams, one they may not ever want to leave, according to this. Um, do we have see there's covers in this article I don't know if we get some stuff boy that funeral looks like an identity crisis that's weird um I don't see a date on here for that oh wait here we go uh June 21st for Dark Crisis Young Justice number one next the Batman's Riddler uh, at least from you know the, when when we say the Batman, we mean the current or the most recent movie. Paul Dano is going to write Riddler Year One comic. So this is a DC Black Label limited series that is going to kick off this October. Uh, let's see here. Riddler Year One of six issue bi monthly bi monthly limited series is set to launch October twenty twenty two. So that's going to give uh, Dano and European artist Stevan Subic uh, time to make sure that they finish on time. Sure. I remember when I saw this article, people were like, wait, is someone doing the art? It can't be art. Is, is Paul Dano doing the art also? Because you know how people kind of get around that. You know, you get the right, you get a, the, the writer being talked about, but not the, not the art or anybody else on the creative team. So. It depends. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen, like I said, this was, this was coming from artists. So, or when I'm, when I was seeing all of this, either way, uh, DC and milestone reveals milestones in history details. So DC and milestone comics, uh, announced their plans for milestones in history, a one shot, 96 page anthology of comics, uh, about black historical figures that will end in a teaser for the first big milestones comic event. Uh, then, uh, the anthology will go on sale June 14th with a main cover by Criss Cross and a wraparound variant by Doug Braithwaite. Sorry. Hit a button. <laughs> okay. Not a problem. And then the rest of the article kind of goes into uh, the, 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 the figures and stories that are going to go into this, the anthology. Uh, with, oh, June 14th, like I said, is the date for this book. Next. Death of the Justice League, Joshua Williamson details how DC's greatest heroes die. Nobody buys their comics. Wow. Uh, that's how. Um, all right, so this Death of the Justice League is written by Joshua Williamson and with artwork by Rafa Sandoval. The story unfolds in April's Justice League number 75, and uh, it goes from there. Yeah. Sure, we'll be talking about it. Uh, DC celebrates, or maybe DC celebrates Pride Month with a sweetly romantic Tim Drake cover. 
So as a part of his Pride Month, Pride Month celebration, DC is reprinting Tim Drake's uh, coming out story from Batman Urban Legends as a standalone special, complete with romantic covert, uh, covert art, excuse me, and a new tale setting up Tim's story moving forward. Um, as folks may or may not know, Tim came out as a bisexual fairly recently, and uh, the story will be collected in DC Pride Tim Drake number Tim Drake special, excuse me, number one. Which is going to be 64 pages, uh, prestige format, one shot, uh, and that's going to come out on June the 14th, smack in the middle of Pride Month, according to this article. Uh, next up. Why is this news? Harley Quinn goes full Batman while donning her classic suit. Apparently, she puts on the Batman costume while she's still in her classic costume as originally depicted in Batman the Animated Series. This is a spoiler for some comic, maybe. Yeah, Harley Quinn number 13. Actually, that came out this week. Uh, That's why it's news. Uh, Next up... A major DC superhero was murdered in the latest Human Target, which actually I think also came out this week, uh, Human Target number six. Uh, and if this cover is an indication, I guess that might be who it is, but I, don't, I can only hope. Uh, from the first pages of Tom King and Greg Smallwood's Human Target, we've known that a DC character was going to die. The series revolves around the titular Christopher Chance, uh, who's been poisoned in an assassination gone wrong. Uh, Chance has 12 days and 12 books to live uh, and to solve his murder. But by the end, we are absolutely certainly he'll shuffle off this mortal coil. Uh, in books six came out this, this week. He's not the only one. And the rest is spoilers for this week's issue of uh, human target. Next. So the suicide squad killed the justice league video game is now officially delayed until spring of 2023. Just be glad, you gamers, that it's only a year. Yeah, give us some more time to bake. Sometimes that, that happens. Yeah. I know that other, um, that Goth Knife game also got pushed, but that's still coming out this year. So that's, you know, this one was a more significant push than that that one tends to be. But I think that one might have started earlier. So either way. Uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate now includes three months of Marvel Unlimited comic book subscription, apparently. Um... So if folks are familiar with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, that's when you you know you, there's a bunch of free games that uh, you can peruse uh, in game uh, in Xbox's library. But also that comes with some perks sometimes, or with like Discord subscriptions, Spotify subscriptions for a couple of months and whatnot. Um, this is Marvel kind of getting in on the act and and adding um, three months of uh, Marvel Unlimited. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I, it might be out there now. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm not, uh, but it's basically it says it is coming. Uh, it says one important thing to note that you must be a new, uh, of course, Marvel Unlimited subscriber to take advantage of this deal because that's how most of that stuff ends up, ends up going. Next. Image Comics reveals do a Powerbomb series from Wonder Woman, Death, Dead Earth, Dead Earth, Dead Earth, Dead Earth Creator. If you're a fan of the world of professional wrestling and happen to also love gorgeous comics, you're going to be over the moon with Image Comics' new series from writer and artist Daniel Warren Johnson, who is cool, colorist Mike Spicer, and letterer Russ Wooten. 
the new series is titled Do a Powerbomb and will run for seven issues. And it tells the story of pro wrestler Lona Steel Rose, who's currently holding the most desired championship in the world, or at least that's what she thinks. The series looks dropped it gorgeous. Ah, oh, this is awesome. Fucking opinion. And you can check out a preview of the first issue starting on the next. Oh, Jesus. Fine. Eight to seven is a little, little cranky, a little tired. It's okay. Uh, Marvel Usher's in Judgment Day event with um, X, uh, Eve of Judgment number uh, number one prelude coming in June. So we all know about Judgment Day. We know it's coming. Uh, it's the, the event that's uh, being written by Karen Gillian and artist Valerie uh, Sheedy's. I'm supposing. I'm assuming that's Valerio. Um, mm-hmm. That's just a typo. But it's six uh, six issue limited series uh, in July. Uh, June 29th is where the prelude uh, AXE Eve of Judgment is number one is slated to release. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Next up. So we're doing the Hellfire Gala all over again this year. And now the X-Men Avengers and more are looking, quote unquote, fabulous in the new 2022 Hellfire Gala variant covers that are going to be arriving this June. Like, you know, it's literally almost right around the corner. Like we're already almost in April. So it's definitely something uh, that, you know, we'll see how successful they are the second time around. And, you know, obviously the, the, the Krakoa and the, the story of Krakoa continues, but we'll see how long that lasts. But it's, it's, it's definitely cool that they're go, they're taking this in a different direction, especially in another uh, artistic direction. Um, yeah, and if you've been on the internet, uh, been on Twitter, you've probably seen some of these images of some of the fits. Uh, I like Sam's and, uh, Sam's and Cap, the Sam's and Steve's, uh, joints down there. It looks pretty good. But yeah, you can check that out, the rest of them down in the article. Um, in the show notes. Black Panther is about to become Marvel's biggest traitor. Uh, and this is spoiler alert for Black Panther. Wait, did this come out already? Wait. Did you did you did you talk about this already? Black Panther number four. Do you remember? Was this out last week? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I was like, wait a minute. If that's the case, we don't need to talk about it. Uh, but I thought this was for something coming, and not something that was here. No, I think we I think we were only up to issue three. I okay. want to say. Well, well, here we go. So in Ju- June, uh, the June solicits, the publisher revealed that Wakanda could be headed for a potentially dangerous chapter of history uh, after the Black Panther is thrown out of his company by a group of militarized leaders. Uh, and then the plot to synopsis uh, is for Black Panther number seven, which is coming out in June. Uh, we don't necessarily have to go through talking about all Oh, that. I think what it is is that ultimately, you know, what, what, what's been going on in the first several issues, I think, leads to this to right. this particular story point. Gotcha. And I guess somewhere in this article is probably spoiling something for the the, the last issue that's mm-hmm. coming out. I gotcha. Okay. Which I don't, now that I think about it, I don't remember if I read, but so I'm just going to skip that and move to the next story. Next. Hmm. What, the Evil King, right? Yeah. Marvel's new Evil King of New York is king of new york city is miles morales 
So this is some multiversal stuff. Uh, 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 care of Brian Michael Bendis, one of the, the lasting gifts that he left us before he uh, he moved over to the Distinguished Competition. So this is some June twenty. 22 solicitation news where you know we got a preview of miles spider-man number 39 and in the in the issue we see um uh you know miles and shift the friendly spider clone that only says glurp continue on their multiversal adventure only to find that new york city is not quite the same as when they left it the preview reads miles and shifts hunt through the multiverse has landed them back in new york city but it's not the nyc they know it's the empire of the spider and that probably has uh the alternative miles or this variant miles as a version of the kingpin yeah at first i thought it was that other um that other clone that got away but apparently that may not that's not not the case here. So we'll but we will talk about it when we get to it. take this next one for me if you don't mind. I'm getting it open now. Do 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 really. Uh, all right. So the first Marvel comic just sold. For over two million, getting the article up now. So, 1939's Marvel Comics number one was the company's first comic, and an extra special version of it just sold at auction. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, so, the New York Times reported a copy in, in uh, a Apparently amazing 9.2 graded condition sold on the auction site Comic Connect for 2.4 million million to an anonymous buyer. That's less than some of the aforementioned comics that can sell for over 3 million. You know, we're talking about like Superman, Batman, like the early stuff. But uh, this specific copy of Marvel Comics number one was discovered in the mid 90s and was once owned by Lloyd Jacquet, who owned a company called Funnies Inc. That company sold blah 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 blah. blah. Um, uh, yeah, so apparently it was, you know it was, it was found in this dude's collection, and he was an important part of uh, uh, comic books in 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 the early times because his company sold artwork to comic book publishers, and this specific comic has Jacquet's notes on how much his company owed some of the books artists so it's quote-unquote a pay copy of marvel comics number one right gotcha this actually because when i saw this article it kind of reminded me of uh, of something i was going to bring up but i'm not going to do it now and the keeping of comic books and how early on i never did properly until later on but like i said that's another story. Oh, you mean like learning how to store them right and that's and, a fact of life for everybody I know, you know, but I'm unless saying you have like an older sibling or an older relative or an older friend that shows you, you know, from jump and is able to help you, you know, uh, get a supply of comic book supplies, comic book storage supplies, um, you know, far, the, the far majority, the vast majority of people who are um, like casual to, you know, uh, let's say newsstand collectors mm-hmm. left their comics in piles. Me. 
So it's no surprise that, uh, you know, that that's the case because, you know, sometimes comic book stores were few and far in between uh, in lots of places around the country. Yeah. Like I said, it just kind of had me thinking, like, boy, if I knew that earlier than when I realized that that was a thing that should happen more often, like I, my collection would be in a lot better shape mm-hmm. than, than, and then, than the early part of it would be put it that way. Gotcha. Like the, at, at some point I learned it and kind of took care of them a little bit better, but it's like, yeah, man, that's, there's a whole lot of books that could have been not necessarily worth something, but could they have been worth for me, but would have been better preserved if I had known better mm. early on. Anyway, uh, these last two are pretty much about the, the, uh, uh the, that Godzilla versus power Rangers, um, uh, uh, issue that I talked about already, so we don't necessarily have to go into them. But there is a new trailer for it if you are so inclined to uh, check it out, or the issue's already out, so you can check it out one way or the other. Either way, that is the end of the news section. You got another ad read. Our last ad read of the night. You know what we read when we're trying to go home and get the heck out of here. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that is it. I know we kind of rushed through this for a little, little bit, but you know, actually, we didn't. Technically, if we're on our on our stuff, we can get through in a pretty decent time. So, um, this um, has been a pretty good show, I say. Despite, um, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News No Needs on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And I've actually put some stuff up uh, there recently. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and his umbrella sites therein. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. CB Cron also on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. Uh, also, theclerknation.com. That's the V-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. And also, you can find Tim uh, over at uh, comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Wakanda <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, you can find this here show on the Cold Slit the Podcast Network. That's uh, cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast for a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m., which hopefully was probably going to be more of a uh, thing than not, on the Click Nation's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Nation and twitch.tv slash Chronicles. Hey, give us a uh, give us a follow on those accounts if you want to see us when we go live, and obviously find uh, follow our Twitter accounts to see uh, to get the notifications. 
Smash that like button, all that kind of good mess. Five star reviews. Yeah. All of that. Make them good five star reviews. Don't don't be a jerk and be like, five stars. I, this show sucks because I've seen those. Um at any rate, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. My time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe?